Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer with the Oilers, XL Energy Center, St. Paul, Minnesota. This is Oilers Now. Before the break, we went to Oilers game day trivia, trivia for Pro-Am Sports. Fan cave and fan gear specialists for all budgets. All correct answers this month. Enter to win an 11 by 14 frame photo signed by the Oilers three Stanley Cup champion goaltenders. Andy Moog, Bill Ranford, and Grant Fear. Visit proamsports.ca to check out Proam's entire inventory of amazing sports memorabilia. And the question was in relation to Dean Evison, the head coach of the Minnesota Wild, who was his coach in Kamloops? They were not known as the Blazers. They were the Junior Oilers. His coach from Edmonton in Kamloops, it was kind of a tricky question because people would automatically assume Ken Hitchcock, who would later go on and be the head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. Unfortunately, he's since passed away. And he coined the phraseology uh, that was deployed for hockey purposes uh, with his teams over the years, PhD, pride, hustle, and desire. And Mike and Lloyd Minster knew that the correct answer was Bill LaForge. His teams were tough. Red light, green light. They had lights on their bench, and the players knew when it was red light, they were not allowed to fight in game situations. And when it was green light, it was go time. And believe me, Bill's teams, they knew all about go time. Didn't matter if it was the OHL, the NHL, or the WHL. Uh, Derek, let me know when our package has arrived. Okay. Okay. Uh, We will tell you, due to popular demand, we uh, had our first Oilers Now road trip of the year to Nashville. It was completely sold out last week. The Oilers won 6-1. And due to popular demand, U.S. Travel has added a second package to Montreal. So we sold out our first flight of 40. We've since uh, been able to acquire a second suite for the Oilers matchup Saturday night in Montreal. By the way, did anybody see the piece today that David Staples retweeted about Quebec talking about separating, that they could financially afford to do so. Anyways, I digress. Uh, They're in the National Hockey League, and there's no place quite like going to Montreal, to say the least. One of my favorite places to broadcast a game from. Uh, Hockey is a religion in Montreal. This package includes airfare, three nights at a deluxe hotel in downtown Montreal, game tickets, a private suite with food and drinks. We'll have a welcome reception in Edmonton and a welcome reception in Montreal with special guests. Experience the incredible hockey history in Montreal this January to be a part of this awesome Montreal road trip called New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Derek, give me the thumbs up, man. Are we still uh, on hold here? Are we still navigating? Our- yeah, we're just, uh, we tried to get him on uh, Opal here, Bob, but it's not working, so we're just getting him a call on the phone, and I am calling him right this second. Okay, there we go. So Opal is down. We had a lot of guesses for Don Hay, by the way. Uh, that is not the correct answer. Several of you st- uh, out there, several of you took time to text the show at 780-496-0063, the Ashley Fine Flores text line, and you are not happy with the fact that uh, the Edmonton Oilers have got Matias Janmark. Look, it's it's short-term. Remember that. It's short-term. Uh, I, I know when I think of uh, esteemed writers across North America that covered hockey, in fact, he's the president of the uh, professional, what is it, the Pro- Professional Hockey Writers Association. Uh, we are pleased to have For the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta back on the show. Uh, he does two hits a week, Frank Cervalli from Daily Faceoff. Hello, Frank. How are you doing? 
I'm pretty good, Bob. How's Minnesota treating you? Uh, well, we stayed in Minneapolis, uh, so that was different because uh, last year we were at a different hotel just outside, right by the uh, Vikings practice facility. Uh, before that, we always stayed at the St. Paul Hotel, uh, so we were actually in Minneapolis last night, so that was a little bit different. The Vikings played, but I was on orders now. You were at the Phillies game. Do the Phillies, are they playing right now, or do they play tonight? They play at uh, 8 Eastern. Okay, are you going? I'm not going, and, you know, it's kind of like a dad fail. Like, I was kind of, like, looking for tickets all day. I was, like, waiting for prices to come down a little bit. I, I had my hands on a pair of tickets, like, an hour ago, and I brought my son into my office. I'm thinking he's going to be like, oh, Dad, let's go, yes. He's like, oh, I don't really feel like going today. Like, I'm like, what a dork I am. Here I am thinking I'm going to be a hero. Yeah, uh, you you know, as you as I've often mentioned to you, you come to realization your children teach you a lot more about you than they'll ever te- uh, you'll ever teach them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, oh. yeah. And, Let's go uh, back to my desk, and I'll, I will sit here in shame for the rest of the night. Uh, yeah, Daily Faceoff Frankfurt's uh, Cervalli is brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta Experience Live Standard Bed Racing Fridays and Saturdays at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. For more information, head to thehorses.com. Uh, well, you know what's awesome about what's going on right now is uh, I don't know if it's awesome. It's a downer that Connor McDavid's out. It is interesting, Frank, if you're a conspiracy theorist, and the fact that the Oilers announced 4:45 on Sunday. Uh, that McDavid would be out a week to two weeks because you know what time is the Heritage Classic played at uh, on Sunday? Five or five thirty? Yeah, five o'clock. Hmm. I don't yeah. know. It's, huh. I, I I didn't want to read too much into it. Uh, Connor has been a quick healer. I don't think there's anybody in oil country that wants to uh, to see him necessarily rush back. Give me your thoughts on uh, you know the league's best player not being available and what it could potentially mean uh, to the Oilers. Look, uh, that's the first thing I thought of was there's a reason why this release says one to two weeks. Um, You know that he's going to try his best. You know that you mentioned quick healer. I think of someone who does every piece of rehab possible to try and give him an opportunity to play in in a celebratory game like that. And you know what it means to players. Just read the commissioner's ruling today on Rasmus Anderson's appeal uh, for his suspension. They made the case, the NHLPA and the Calgary Flames, more or less that uh, it's a special circumstance here that he has an ability to play in the Heritage Classic. That didn't hold much water with the commissioner, but it gives you an indication of how much these guys want to be a part of it. And there's a reason why the league is bringing the Heritage Classic back to Edmonton. It's not just to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the out, the first outdoor game that kind of put this all on the map. It's also because they've got two of the very best players in the world, and it does hurt not having him um, for the time being. But uh, look, at, I look at this as a real opportunity for some other people to really yeah. – especially the way this season has started for this team to get their heads screwed on straight. Yeah, it's been a, uh, Frank, you were in Philadelphia on Thursday. We talked uh, afterwards on Friday back when I was in Edmonton. Um, You know, that was a, 
a, a very frust- it was a frustrating performance. Now what's happened here as a result of this with McDavid being out is now it's about what the team can do with Connor out of the lineup. And it's it's funny how the standard changes. So my expectation is the Oilers are going to be a, a 50-win team and they're going to be a good team and they haven't played to that level yet. Though the two home games they lost... Uh, one in overtime to the Jets, the other by a goal in Vancouver. They outplayed both teams quite substantially. They just didn't get the wins. That's hockey sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, now they're now they're now they're sort of in a little bit of a survival mode because any team in the league loses their best player, it's a big deal. But when you lose that best player, it's a really big deal because <laughs> yeah, he's that I, good. I view it as a, a roadblock right now. This is a bump in the road, and in yeah. in a hundred and ninety-two day season. So you're without your best player for 10 to 14 days. It might not even be that long. If you can't survive 10 to 14 days, and if you can't find a way to to at least bring a better effort than they did last week, then you've got some bigger questions to answer. Look at the team down the road. Did you hear Nikita Zadarov today talk about the Calgary Flames and how they are playing like a group of individuals. I don't think that's the case at all with the Oilers. Um, I, I think they're in a spot where perhaps with all the talk of cup or bust and everything else that comes with that, the expectations, the pressure, maybe they were a little bit too comfortable heading into the season. Maybe they thought that you'd waltz into game one against a non-playoff team and have your way with them. And all of a sudden it becomes an easy thing. Um, I think this last few weeks has been a reminder that nothing comes easy to you in the NHL regular season. And I think that this is going to be a a positive, a net positive in the end of finding a way to win without your best. That tells you something about a team. And I think this team, you always see it in the NHL time and time again, star player missing from a lineup, they, they're able to accomplish great things. And it's because you get 5% more effort and energy out of everyone, and that really adds up. Yeah, well, I mean, we think back to 1920, February 11th to February 21st that year. Six games, Connor McDavid missed. The Oilers played five playoff teams. They went 3-2-1. and one. Uh, Drysaddle ended up having um, 12 points in those six games. I think Jason Greger mentioned to me yesterday, you know, 9.30 save percentage and a perfect PK. That was a pretty good run, you know, on that end. So I don't know if yeah. they're going to get a 9.30 PK or save percentage because right now it doesn't seem like anybody other than Vegas and Boston get 9.30 save percentages. Two teams, by the way, that have mastered zone defense. Interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I, I was going to say, look at so not to make another Calgary comparison, but look at the two teams. Calgary goes one three and one on their road trip. The Oilers open one three and one. Is there any correlation or connection to two teams that pretty significantly changed their defensive zone and haven't exactly looked like they're on the same page? Yeah, well, I think there's something to that. I mean, it's funny. We got fans that are, uh, and it's predictable when it doesn't go well for Evander Kane. Uh, people that hated Evander Kane before the Oilers ever signed him are going to come out and go after Evander Kane. Um, he's got one assist in five games, and he's minus six. Nazem Kadri's played all year in the Calgary Flames' first unit power play. He's played six games. He's got one assist, and he's minus eight. And he's making a hell of a lot more money than Evander Kane. Uh, there's people second-guessing Tree's contracts of both Huberto and um, 
and Kadri at this time in Calgary. And, of course, Brad's now with the Leafs. It's, it's interesting times in the province of Alberta. I, I do think, you know, my expectation, we're going to have Brian Lawton joining us here in person in about 20 minutes' time. I think there's an expectation that the orders are going to be fine, but they're clearly going to have to elevate the level of their performance. Hey, one team that's not fine, have you seen the metrics on the San Jose Sharks right now? Uh, yeah, I actually had to cover one of my eyes when I was reading it. It's... I mean, Mark Edward Vlasic's a healthy scratch. He's still got like three years left at $7 million. That could be potentially a brutal situation. What else sort of caught your eye around the league, Frank? Well, there was the big discussion again on Pride Tape today with the league going and having to reverse course. Uh, There's the Anderson um, appeal, which was upheld. There's this 16-game slate that people in Canada seem to be pretty upset that they're not able to see the whole thing. Um, There's a lot going on today with all 32 teams in action. Uh, I mentioned the Zadarov comments. There was talk of a Hannafin extension nearing. Um, I'm looking for Alex Ovechkin, having just watched the first period here between Caps and Leafs. He's about to tie, if he goes two more periods without a goal, the longest drought ever that he's had in his career, 10 games without a goal dating back to last season. So uh, there's there's a lot happening. Yeah, it's interesting times to say at least. All 32 teams playing it today, but light schedules on Sunday, Monday. Leo Carlson, uh, what do they call out in the NBA when they sit guys out once in a while? Load, load management. Load management. What do you, Pat Verbeek, the GM, used to work for Ken Holland in Detroit. What's your sense of what Anaheim's doing with Leo Carlson? Well, so I, I have a really good sense of what they're doing. Um, for the first half of this year, they're going to schedule games off on purpose to allow him to train and gain some strength and be ready to go for the second half of the year to play massive minutes for this team as an 18-year-old in an 82-game slog. And You might look at that and say, well, hold on a second here. He played 44 pro games last year in Sweden, plus he played all these international competitions, World Junior, everything that came with that. If you total it all up, he played 85. Why can't he just come into the NHL and play 82? Well, the answer is... With all those commitments in his draft year, flying all over the place uh, for the NHL draft, then back to Sweden, over for development camp, back home again, they felt like he didn't really have a chance to actually train properly for the season. And I know that sounds funny to say uh, for an NHL player, but I actually like the path that they're, they're going here. In the grand scheme of life, This one season, this rookie year for the Anaheim Ducks that have already started one and four and basically have no hopes of being competitive on a nightly basis, why not take a step back and consider doing this a little bit differently than throwing an 18-year-old to the Wolves? We've got a situation where, you know, some might look at that and say, oh, this is the this is the new NHL. This is the soft NHL. Like, come on, for, for the test of time, 18-year-olds that are exceptional have broken into the league and found a way to compete, to grind it out, and to put up great numbers. But we've also seen a ton of 18-year-olds come into the league that they hit a wall. They can't get through it. And 
I think at least they're on the same page, agent, player, team, and they want to do things a little bit differently this time. And I'm not going to knock it until I see it. Well, it's going to be interesting to watch, to say the least. Look, you've got you've you've got contacts with every organization in the league. Are people in Buffalo a little bit surprised with where they're at right now? They are, and I think certainly from a goal scoring standpoint, thirteen goals in six games. Their power play has really struggled. It's two for twenty-one. Uh, Tage Thompson, he struggled to get on the scoreboard. There's a lot of different facets for a team that. You know, I think a lot of people thought would be one of the better teams in the East has stumbled out of the gate. Maybe they're, speaking of expectations, and we were just talking about this with the Oilers, maybe they're feeling the weight of that in Buffalo. They've got this long playoff drought. Um, you know, it's we're, we're a few games into the season, six games, not time to hit the panic button yet. But the problem is on a night like tonight when you face the Ottawa Senators and teams that you're supposed to be chasing that have been rebuilding and in the same circle as you and the Sens get off to a better start. The Red Wings have been hot. They've scored with ease this year. And you, you take all that and you say, man, things could kind of, uh, it could kind of get late early here. And that's what they want to try and avoid. So they're looking to turn it around in short order. Frank, I hear you're coming to Edmonton Thursday. Uh, Yes, sources say that is accurate. Sources say you are coming to Edmonton for the Heritage Classic. Bring your credit card for Friday. We're going to go see Jeff Roblar, okay, for lunch. Yeah, I know, because you forget your wallet conveniently every time. I would never do something. I resemble that remark. How could you possibly say that? Uh, safe travels, my friend. We'll see you Thursday. Sounds good. See you then. You bet. It is 4.52 in Edmonton. That is Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Race in Alberta. When we come back, we're going to tell you about where we are Thursday with Oilers now. We're live on location, and you can be a part of the show, meeting and greeting and eating, and it'll be a good time, a kicker before the Oilers game against the New York Rangers. Oh, yeah, and Brendan Escott will have NHL today. We've already got a couple games, all 16 teams played, staggered start times throughout the course of the evening. This is Oilers Now.